Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is... Good morning, Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another good news episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, our libertarian savior, (laughs) Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. And I can say that because you have Paul. Paul's your middle name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And today we bring you the good news. The good news, yeah, it's of of the world, not of Christ. We're gonna be yeah, you can get that your, elsewhere. That's for your church to do. You do that on your own time. That's not where you're good. Not that we're you know not against it. Yeah, not you. You know yeah. you you guys all do your own thing. I'm sure there's plenty of podcasts. That's probably a pretty big market actually. Religious podcast. Mm-hmm. I bet you that's a massive market. We should try and break into that. Look, market. I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Okay, yeah, nothing wrong with it. Uh, first good news story that I'm going to break to you right away. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning here on Good Morning Liberty. And the first thing I want to tell you is COVID's over. It's gone, except for in China. Except for up right now. a little bit in China, but that, yeah. basically it's over. Mm-hmm. It's all gone. In fact... Just and we po- thank the people of Ukraine for that sacrifice. Just posted in the live group uh, a headline out of CNBC. We don't have the article here, but... Uh, United Airlines will let unvaccinated employees return to their jobs this month. How about that? So coming out in March. Now, the one I had seen was that they were going to let the people with exemptions for sure come back because I think that they weren't accepting that. But since we don't have the article here, I don't know exactly what the details are. But they'll have to slowly relax some things for sure. You can't do it all at once because then you're kind of admitting that you're wrong. But the it seems like the science is changing. Mm-hmm. is essentially what's happening. Which is good news. Yeah, that's good for us that science is changing right now, for sure. Um, while we run, th- we got a lot of stuff in the stack today, surprisingly. For White Pill Wednesday. For White Pill Wednesday, a lot of stuff. I thought we were not going to have enough. We were going to talk about some crazy stuff that's going on, but we'll push that off till tomorrow and Friday. So let me just start with the very first thing right here. Ohio Governor, this is from the group, by the way. Thanks for sending this in, whoever it is that sent this in. That was Jeff, not Maurice, I believe. All right. Thank you to to Jeff, not Maurice, if you're the one that, in fact, sent that in. And by the way, thank you for entering the NCAA bracket challenge. Everyone who has done that so far, if you haven't done that yet, go to join GML. That's going to bring you to our Discord. you got to join the Discord, and then you're going to join the bracket challenge. And if you win, you're going to get a $100 Amazon gift card. Mm. We've had a lot of submissions so far. I randomly chose a bunch of names that I have no idea whether or not they're good. They're basically based off of uh, stories from my childhood and, and the times that I did pay attention to things. So And the color of their uniforms. That's Well, I don't even know what the colors of their uniforms are. I went by which one I thought had the best name. Mm. And that was about it. So you have Duke? <laughs> or whether or not I like the state. Is Duke going all the way for you? I had, I do think I had, I, I do think I had Duke at least in the final four, maybe in the championship game. That's yeah. because you're a patriarchal white male. Well, so yeah. You yeah. want to be a Duke. Mm-hmm. 
That's yeah, so you can that's true. lord over your lands. <laughs> All right. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signs bill allowing permitless concealed carry, also known as constitutional carry. Now, the story from NBC News, not a white pill sounding story, but let's rejoice in their tears for a moment while mm. we're talking about this. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signed a bill in the law scrapping required permits for carriers of concealed weapons, a move police unions said could put officers in peril and make the state less safe. It's a lot of a uh, lot of data and statistics on that, that when you allow law abiding citizens, uh, people that maybe didn't have one yet, but because they were trying to follow the law when they actually get a gun. Uh, things get more dangerous. We get a lot of statistics to back that up for sure. Senate Bill 215, also known as constitutional carry, will make a concealed weapons permit optional for those 21 and older who are legally allowed to carry while also eliminating the requirement that people promptly notify police officers that they are carrying concealed weapons. The new law, which DeWine signed on Monday, takes effect in about three months. Opponents of the law have said it will make Ohio more dangerous. Well, you know what? I prefer they're opponents of the law. I prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery, man. Could you imagine if opponents of if opponents of the law said it's going to make Ohio more safe? Yeah, do you think that's what they were going to say? <laughs> they point to how the measure also discards the mandate requiring concealed carry permit holders to attend eight hours of training, which includes shooting practice. So let me tell you what. That was the most important part of getting my permit was the time that we were supposed to do shooting practice and it was really windy and the guy said, nah, don't worry about it. I'll just pass all of you guys. That's the most important part for sure. That makes everyone a whole lot safer is, is going through that. Great target guy. Practice. Yeah. Great guy. Real nice guy. Not a bad word to oh, say Did about I him. do that with you? I think. Didn't you, you remember that? The me? wind kept blowing the targets over and he was like, ah, it's fine. I think we shot 25 out of the 100 required. Rounds. I didn't shoot anything. You didn't shoot anything? No. No. I shot I didn't I think shoot I shot twenty five. I think I was later in line, and it, everyone just said, "Screw it, we're okay. we're going back inside." I got twenty five out of twenty five. So, um, so we can, so we can maybe use this. It's because you didn't have a level on the on the target. Well, yeah, he wouldn't let me shoot because I didn't. I didn't know about the. I learned that in the class, that's and so it's <laughs> you know I didn't bring one to class with yeah. me that day. But that's one of the things that people would learn. But they'll have to listen to the show instead. Come on, man. So. We I, should always, by the way, celebrate constitutional carry. Yes, that's the right of people to defend themselves and not have to get permission from the government to do so. Mm. It's in the Constitution that you got the right to bear arms. Mm -hmm. All right, doesn't say doesn't say tiger arms or giraffe arms or anything like that. It says bear arms, and bear arms are associated with guns, and so that's what they meant. Mm -hmm. I looked into it to the writings in the in the in the Federalism Papers, and that's what they were talking on, about. You took a class on constitutional cursive, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you <laughs> could read it better than most, I would say. Um, I want to mention Save this, your Paul. this random thing real quick, just to cut in. This is like not a this is not a story, but it, just something good. And everyone keep this in mind while you're out there messing around on Twitter. So this thing happened the other night. I saw asteroid trending, and I saw giraffe trending on Twitter. And I don't know if you guys saw this or got in on this, but it was awesome. It was amazing. I mean, we all need a little bit more mm -hmm. comedy and just fun stuff that we can all enjoy. From Daily Mail, they said an asteroid half the size of a giraffe strikes Earth off the coast of Iceland. And so when I I didn't really think much into the giraffe part. I mean it's a ridiculous measurement. For that, I don't know how scientific it is, but um, I, there's giraffes falling yeah. from the sky now. Yeah, half the, the half of them at <laughs> climate least. change. Yeah, 
<laughs> so it's well, pretty this random. Is, this is white bill. Sorry. I feel like you could have said just the measurement of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 10 feet. Could have said like three meters, something like that. If you wanted to, mm. I don't know if that's accurate, but it sounds pretty close. Not, but anyway, not too far off. People had fun with this, and I'll tell you why this is so white pill after we go through some of the responses. So it was obviously a ridiculous measurement. So we got some pretty funny posts through here. Someone posts, which half? And it's uh, two pictures of a giraffe (laughs) cutting it in half. Want to know which one it was right there. So that was pretty funny. Uh, Other posts, asteroid 146 times the size of an average house cat strikes Earth off the coast of Iceland. So people comparing other sizes. Uh, we got someone pointing to other things that people had said in the past, like a sinkhole roughly the size of six to seven washing machines has closed the northbound lanes. And someone we else just drive over those in Tennessee, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone else said, um, "Large boulder the size of a small boulder is completely blocking eastbound lane." <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> nice. So this is all awesome, and we made a post on here. So I said I zoomed in, and holy crap, they're right. And I zoomed into it. I put a little half a giraffe right there on the picture of the asteroid coming in. Oh, so you figured out which half it was. Yeah, I picked that half. It was the back half of the giraffe, technically, is what it's making up. Mm. So They got hit by the ass of of a giraffe. So this this posted really well. So over 2,000 likes so far and over 100 retweets on this random post and a lot of comments on it, too. And I was like, "Who's, who's commenting on this thing? What are they saying? We're going we're gonna to get into the real white pill. So this person, Kyle, said, you're doing God's work. He was laughing at, laughing at stuff, thought this was real nice and funny. And I was like, what does Kyle do? Let me creep him a little bit. Let me creep Kyle real fast. So I creeped him a little bit by going to the blind spot thing on, uh, on Ground News. It tells you by their Twitter handle what type of content hmm. they mostly are looking at. 79% left and 16% center on him. And he's commenting just a nice thing. We're having a nice interaction with each other. thought that was awesome. Trent said, I seriously laughed so hard at this. Seriously. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. So if you're not watching the video, you're, you're not getting why <laughs> Nate is saying seriously. Um, 89% left. For for Trent right there. Top three news sources, news sources, CNN and the Rolling Stone. Ooh, Trent. At least we agree on this. Rachel said, good AM Liberty. Thanks for extending the silliness of the original measurement by posting these pictures. I need all the laughs I can get during these tense times. And I looked at Rachel's also. She was 56% left, 39% center, which center is still kind of left compared to uh, a lot of a lot of other stuff. And anyway, the idea behind this whole thing is that find something funny and just agree with people on something that it was funny. Well, the, the you know? uh, well, I think the deeper idea is we're all human, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of your political beliefs, is that you can find something in common with just about anyone. And I think humor is probably the, one of the best ones. Yeah. And so... Nice job, Nate. There's nothing political on the post. It was all just people. I mean, we were all making fun of Daily Mail or whatever it was uh, for posting that. But for one moment, we all had the same person to make fun of. And it had nothing to do with politics or anything like that. It was great. Yeah, you just you feel human <laughs> again. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Almost like we weren't all going to kill each other in a war or anything, you know? So and Nate started his feeling. White Pill Wednesday last night. Yeah. That was last night? 
Uh, it might have been the day before that. You started out your week. Mm-hmm. A little white pill it week. Was a white pill week. That's good. I love it. There's another good thing right here, Churtles. All right. Coming from Reason. The Senate unanimously voted to make daylight saving time permanent. A great idea. Mm. Now, is it going to go anywhere this time? Because they've already done this like 80,000 times. I think it's normally the House that does that does this, but they they need to do this. In a okay. rare example, somebody even said they could like cut the time in half even. <laughs> I don't know about that one, but... Like just change the clocks 30 minutes ahead or, or back. Like That might throw the whole thing off. Cut the time in half. We'll still be on a 24-hour like cycle. <laughs> yeah. See why well, I wanted to make sure we covered exactly. that beforehand. And then yeah. you would just go with that. But anyway... In a rare example of Congress doing something that isn't totally useless or foolish, the Senate voted Tuesday to make daylight saving time permanent. Impressively, the vote was unanimous. Twice a year, the government requires Americans to change the time on their clocks, except for if you live in Arizona. I think there's one other now, but there's I can't one remember other state, which one it I can't is. Yeah. In the fall, we gain an hour. You don't actually gain anything. <laughs> and in the spring, we lose an hour. You don't actually lose anything either there. Just the... the World starts different times. Yes. These arbitrary devices that we use that control our lives, mm -hmm. those change. This ritual dates back to World War One and is and its stated purpose was to encourage people to conserve energy. The thinking was that creating an extra hour of light during the evenings would lessen the need for electricity. Changing the time twice a year has extreme downsides that far outweigh any benefit from gaining or losing light. For starters, the semi-annual time change results in all sorts of maladies in the days thereafter. Car crashes and pedestrian deaths, workplace injuries, heart attacks and strokes, depression, and adverse medical events because of human error. It's like having an entire society of hungover people interacting mm -hmm. with each other the next day, basically. And, you know, we are very much like rhythmic mm -hmm. beings, mm -hmm. okay? So when you change somebody's routine, let me tell you, it uh, doesn't fare well mm -mm. with your Arcadian rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly uh, what they call it. Yeah, I know yeah. that's your... No, it's Arcadian. So it is. Circadian rhythm. <laughs> yeah, but I like to call it Arcadian because mm -hmm. I like arcades because games are fun. Okay. Yeah, and you got to have a rhythm when you're playing those, so mm -hmm. it all makes sense. Get a rhythm. All right, changing the clocks twice a year does not conserve energy because we can't do that, by the way. <laughs> uh it just makes people late or early, throws off their sleeping schedules, causes depression and ir uh, irate behavior. It probably led to Jan 6, I bet. <laughs> yeah. One of the causes. Mm -hmm. um, and leads to more accidents and deaths. Bravo to the Senate for striking an unexpected blow against pure insanity. So come on, House. They do need, yeah, we got to do Biden this. Biden will sign this. This will be some if legislation he, we can support. Now, we actually mentioned this in the fall or whenever whenever it was that the clocks went back. We said that if they wanted a clear bump in the numbers, because at that time they really need the bump in the numbers, and they still do, then just go ahead and end it. There's no one that likes this thing. It's terrible, man. I can't think of a single person. Not one. <laughs> you got a bunch of farmers and stuff in your family, mm -hmm. and not, not a single one person. Because it doesn't matter. We wake up at, you know, six o'clock or whatever. The, the whole conserving energy, everybody's got their AC turned on 68 or 69 and their heat on 79 
or 85 or whatever. Ain't nobody conserving no energy anymore. Just get a smart home device, you know? That's mm-hmm. all we got to do. Just get one of them Google things. That's right. The Google Nest. All right, next idea here. Let's go through this. Okay, I know that we talk about SpaceX or Tesla. There's a binding endorsement Joe contract. Said that, Joe said Biden helped pass the original legislation <laughs> during World War One. So he might not sign this because he's going to so, be admitting that he was wrong. Yeah, exactly, which you can't do, by the way. Okay, this is not this is not just a story about Tesla or sure Elon is. Musk or anything. There's a binding endorsement with Tesla that Nate has to mention <laughs> Elon Musk in here. every single episode. I'm trying to do enough advertising that they just give me a car eventually. That's, yeah. uh, that's what I'm trying to do. The Cybertruck, that's what you really No, want. but I take this. This is a story about competition. This is about capitalism and the cool things that happen whenever people are competing with one another. So I think the ramifications of this are going to be really good for a lot of people. Tesla's... In- insurance business, which offers auto cover by using real-time dri- driving data to assess accident risk, shows that there's potential for technology firms to undercut traditional insurers, as its own emergence as an insurer is already pushing the insurance industry to enhance its own data. So basically, they're offering insurance to people who have Tesla. Tesla insurance. Now, Maybe not everyone's going to have a Tesla, but there's some other automakers that are talking about doing the same thing. This is thing already now. happening, by the way. Toyota does this already. Yeah, so so this is going to be pretty cool. So far, I think they're showing, some people are posting that they're 50% less. They're calling for like 30% less is going to be what they're doing. Uh, but what people are going to do to account for this is going to be the cool part. Tesla currently poses little direct threat to incumbent insurers. That's the ones that already exist for anyone uh, who doesn't know that. As it predominantly covers its own vehicles, however, the threat is likely to grow over time as Tesla gains market share and will accelerate if other car makers also enter the insurance market. Technology gives smart car makers. I get an email once a month from Toyota that says, hey, you could save money if you go with our insurance because we're monitoring your vehicle. Yeah. What they're so even they know how like sharp I take curves, how -hmm. fast I apply my brakes and all kinds of stuff. It's a commie. It's a commie world I'm driving in. The AI inside of a Tesla is going to make it to where they can do this so like a lot more efficient than They can adjust your rates people. daily. Yeah, <laughs> daily rates. Technology gives smart car makers several advantages. As Tesla uses data generated by its cars to monitor driver behavior. Looks like this is a British article. Allowing it to gauge accident risk with a high degree of accuracy. As a result, Moody's reported Tesla can offer cover at 20 to 40% discount. Incumbent insurers would be at greater risk of displacement if Tesla's business model were widely replicated by other leading smart car makers. Insurers will likely have to surrender some margin under these agreements. What does that mean? That means that they're going to need to lower their prices. That's that's what that means. Because of competition. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. Of course, they're going to lobby Congress first (laughs) to see if they can keep Tesla and other people from not providing insurance because, you know... They're not true underwriters. You went right into my question, which was, isn't this an antitrust violation? <laughs> Them just coming in into this market and dominating the other people mm. in the field when they've already got this car market I know. right here. You know, this looks like an antitrust mm-hmm. uh, conversation we're going to have to have. So they're going to have to surrender some more. The long-term smart car, smart cars also threaten to reduce demand for traditional motor cover. Man, so British. As their sophisticated safety features reduce accident frequency. By the way, it costs $20 to add my car to my insurance. 20 bucks. That's what that thing costs. 
that radical business model innovation may be needed. The decline in demand will be gradual, giving innovative incumbents time to adapt. So the, what's the cool part about this? They're going to be, the, be able to offer more efficient insurance, cheaper prices on things. GM talking about going into this as well uh, with their EVs, and I believe Ford will end up doing the same. The insurance companies out there are going to have to lower their prices to compete, and they're going to have to adapt to this business model where they can use real-time data so they can offer you better insurance. Some people are doing that, but as more and more car makers move into this market, what's going to happen? The prices are going to be able to go down for a lot of people. For Makes it better on, for all the consumers. For everyone. That's great. So mm -hmm. it does sound like maybe an antitrust violation now that I think about it. Yeah. Well, you know, the insurance companies are for sure going to lobby Congress to make sure that, you know, Tesla, a car company, which they're not a car company either, by the way. <laughs> Tesla's not a car company. I don't know if anybody's told you lately, but they're not. I've heard you say that before. Yeah, they're they're a technology and a data company. Um, yeah, they're going to lobby Congress to try to. But you know what? I'm not going to focus on that black pill. What no. I'm going to focus on is, is the good. fact that Tesla's big enough, probably, to fight all the insurance companies and be like, "Look, this is what we're going to do." Because he did it with the car companies. They're like, "You can't sell direct to consumer. You have to go through a car dealership." Mm -hmm. And he said, "Hold, hold my uh, Pepsi." That's exactly. I saw him tweet about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And, let's and, go into this. Does. This next one's real cool too, as far as capitalism goes. Mm, this is from Fee, Florida company shows California how to build a railroad with its Brightline rail system and get rid of COVID, probably <laughs> at the same time. So, by the way, this is so ridiculous. I mean, this is a black pill. It's just. I mean, we're not surprised. You're not going to be surprised. Perhaps you might be. But this is just more proof of how inefficient the government is. So approved in 2008, amid the crisis, by the way, the financial <laughs> market downturn, the California High Speed Rail, CHSR, was expected to deliver a 520-mile, two-track, electrified, high-speed railway on an all-new route between L.A. and San Francisco by 2029. 14 years later, CHSR is now only expected to have a 171-mile single-track section between Madeira and Bakersfield that will be operational by 2030, they hope. Yeah, even if it's 6 to 2030. So they were going for 520 miles by 2029. They basically got one-fifth of the project done. Yep. Actually, no, it's less than that because they only got a single railway. They didn't even do a double oh, railway. Oh, they're going to do a two-track. That's right. Yeah, they mm. only got one track down. And so this is probably because Mexico didn't pay for it. <laughs> that was part of the yeah. budget is Mexico was going to pay for this 520-mile two-track. Yeah. And they could only get Mexico to pay for one track, and they only got 100 Well, the issue was, I think, because the taxes aren't high enough in California. Yeah. They haven't been able to pay for it. Now, look at this amazing thing. Meanwhile... The project over the last 14 years, the cost has ballooned to $80 billion from an original budget of $33 billion, and costs are expected to rise further to $100 billion or triple the original budget. Mm. Now, who would have thunk that? That's a very surprising. Who would have ever? I thought they would have come in under budget because they care so much. Mm -hmm. And faster than what they needed mm -hmm. to be, too. All right, what's happening in Florida? Well, a different kind of passenger rail, uh, railroad is already up and running. 
Brightline was launched in 2012 by Florida, so four years later, uh, which is a private freight railroad. Unlike CHSR, Brightline mostly uses existing routes, removing the need to acquire or appropriate large amounts of land. Instead of building the whole line before beginning any passenger services, as CHSR is doing, Brightline began construction on a 70-mile section from Miami to West Palm Beach in 2014 and opened it to passengers in 2018. Four years for a private company to come in and do this. This meant that Brightline already had an operational revenue-producing service before embarking on the 170-mile northward extension to the Orlando airport. That extension is expected to open in 2023, well before 2030. <laughs> And the entire project will cost about $1.75 billion. 1.75. Sorry, 1% of the projected California cost raised through private financing. So you have to steal your money for this. Jeez. This equates to about $7.3 million per mile for Brightline compared to the $153.8 million per mile for CHSR. Why will CHSR cost at least 20 times more per mile than Brightline? How has Brightline managed to deliver a high-speed inner-city passenger rail system within 10 years, whereas CHSR needs 22 years to deliver an incomplete, scaled-down version of its original plan? Much of the answer comes down to the fundamental nature of public works projects, such as CHSR. Both projects will, if completed, provide a useful service that will benefit many people, but CHSR will be doing so using an astronomical amount of money that could have been put to, to a myriad of other uses. It will succeed in its goal of creating a project to generate activity, regardless of whether it will ever deliver a viable or even operational railway. A private company considering providing a new transport option must assess demand for that new service, determine the likely revenue, and therefore how much it can afford to spend creating it. Brightline did this, planning its project with a budget proportional to demand and raising that money from investors who expect a return. Who would have, who would have guessed? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty cool story. Uh, I, I think you can see why it's a why it's a white pill. We got a pretty clear example right now: one point seven five billion versus the what's going to end up being probably a hundred billion dollars in California for this thing, and they did it in way less time. Way less time. Oh, those greedy capitalists. And so they make a good point in here. It reminds me of that Milton Freeman video we just posted the other day, which is that CHSR is going to use an astronomical amount of money that could have been put to other uses. It's a problem. Like, yeah, both of these rail systems are going to be valuable. They're going to provide a service to people. But one of them, because it was done by the government, is going to cost 10 times the amount, take a lot more times. time for it to 100 times the amount for it to be done and take a lot more time for it to be finished. And it's going to use a lot more of our money to do so instead of getting those that investment from the private market going into something uh, that we all deem to be valuable. And that it, money could be used elsewhere. Yes. In other parts of the economy that could create an actual return. Well, Charlie, our economy is doing so well right now. We really shouldn't worry about stuff like that. I record highs from what I understand. Yeah, it's doing so good. Okay, so that's cool. That's a cool story. Thanks, Fee, for putting that out there. I think I put the author 
in here. Thomas Walker Worth, thanks for putting that out there. The link will be in the show notes for the entire thing. That was the cut-down version of the article. Okay, last week we talked about nuclear energy and that story with Rolls-Royce and the factory-produced nuclear reactor mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. The pocket reactors, you can carry them in your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone just carries <laughs> a nuclear reactor in their pocket. It's not dangerous yeah. at all. Totally fine. Okay, so this is about geothermal energy, something I, I will admit I have not looked into a ton. I heard about them wanting to use that there volcano so they could mine bitcoins down there and uh, in whatever country that was. I can't remember now, but we do appreciate them for doing so. The perfect energy source is already here. Endless geothermal. So we're worried about energy right now, right? Mm-hmm. We're all kind of concerned about this. Uh, the climate is going to destroy the planet in the next 8 to 12 years, depending on the election cycle. Uh, it's going to destroy the planet in that amount of time. Maybe we should look at stuff that will work. All as physicists work in the nuclear fis- fusion sector to unlock limitless clean energy through harnessing the power of the sun, they inadvertently invented a tool that could allow geothermal plants to deliver limitless clean energy by harnessing the power of the earth. Mm. So that's a this is going to be another cool thing about limitless innovation by the way we're just sucking all the earth's energy i have questions about the limitless capabilities Mm. you know if you got something that's real hot and you poke some holes in it and you let that heat escape out of there i'm sure it's going to be several thousands of years into the future but you know you don't want to let too much heat out of there like you get cold i think that would be bad yeah you know Uh, anyway we don't pay to heat the neighborhood the cool, <laughs> what I heard growing up, literally global warming. That's Shut the what door. We're do. We don't pay to heat the whole neighborhood. So we, um, <laughs> the cool part about this is that in working towards nuclear energy, they created <clears throat> a tool, a technology that makes this possible, which could end up being better than nuclear. So a lot of people ask about uh, different things. You know, I get the question a lot from people close to me, like, why is, uh, why are we trying to go to Mars? Who cares about that? And the reason I care about that is because what are they going to have to create in that endeavor to try and do that? We have no idea what things they're going to create while they're trying to do that. They could change the lives of people. I mean, heck, just uh, just Starlink, you know, was created so they could fund to go in the Mars. That's going to change a lot of people right there. So there's one really big benefit. Why are we working on nuclear? This sounds like a crazy idea. Well, I don't know. Good thing is... In, in striving towards that innovation in that future, they created a new technology that makes this possible. Mm-hmm. You just you never know what you don't know. So the tool is a large millimeter wave laser drill that will allow engineers to bore down more than 12.4 miles, which is a lot of giraffes, into the Earth's crust to harness the heat from the planet's core. <laughs> giraffes are pretty tall now. <laughs> yeah. But, no, you know, it's this a lot. Is, this is a lot of giraffes. The bottom line is that... the. <laughs> Is that this idea is not That's science fiction? That's what we're using fiction. for measurements from now on, by the way. Yeah. Giraffes. Uh, the company is called Quaze, I think, has the money to put several full-scale demonstration machines into action by 2024 and hopes to have a 100-megawatt supercritical geothermal plant in operation by 2026. At 12.4 miles into the Earth's crust, temperatures soar to 500 degrees Celsius, a sector-redefining level compared to the traditional uh, 200 that cold, cold 200 degrees mm-hmm. Celsius. At this stage in depth, water under the ground becomes what they call supercritical, like someone's mother-in-law. 
<laughs> a state of matter, not mine, by the way, a state of matter where it's neither a gas nor a liquid. Quote, a power plant that uses supercritical water as the working fluid can extract 10 times more useful energy from each drop when compared to non-supercritical plants. A spokesman said, aiming for supercritical conditions is key to attaining power densities consistent with fossil fuels. Consistent mm. with fossil fuels. It's perhaps ironic that humans would seek to harness the energy of the sun and stars in a nuclear fusion reactor when there's 20 billion times more heat under our feet than the entire world's energy consumption. Merely 0.03% of global energy is delivered from geothermal. A virtually limitless supply of energy exists in the form of this fluid snaking its way through the crust, and just 0.01% of it would provide far more wattage than the world uses. So, they said they argue that perhaps more revolutionary than nuclear fusion, and the beauty of the design, if it works, is that the technology originally made for fusion reactors could end up putting those fusion reactors out of a job. If it works. If it works. Mm. I just think it's cool. It is super cool. Wow. I like that. It's super critical cool, man. People coming up with, yeah, super awesome ideas and uh, super critical needs. I mean, it doesn't work yet, but I'm just happy they're trying stuff. Exactly. You know? Mm -hmm. I know. That's what I'm happy about. And with your high level of income, <clears throat> yeah. you could afford any type of energy you want. No, but this is the important part. I'll just say capitalism or innovation or markets trying to figure things out. Um, you don't know what they're going to create. And what I don't want to see us do is take our, take our chips down and decide that the technologies we have right now are what's going to save the planet and is what's going to create all of our energy. Because if, if the government, and they will, if they move totally into funding all of this and putting a bunch of money towards the energy that we have right now, the need for innovation stops after that. Because why would you? You're just going to get a bunch of money from the government. You know, whatever we have right now, that's what I'm going to sell because I need to get that government money. So if you want people to keep innovating, you don't want to just settle on this one technology and say that that's what trillions of dollars is going to go into. You want people to keep trying to find the best ways possible to provide this energy. So I, I hope they can keep doing that. That's what I, that's what I most worry about when mm -hmm. they start putting funding towards specific technologies because you lose that incentive to create something better. I had the same idea as the live group. <clears throat> What's that? Way. Is that, <clears throat> honestly, I mean, Austin Powers had this a long time ago, yeah. this idea. The I laser beams. Dr. Evil that did that. But, well, Dr. Evil, but yeah. in Austin Powers. The movie. Yes. Okay. Played by the same guy, by yeah. the way. So anyway, uh, he had the idea that you would attach the lasers to the sharks. Like the freaking laser beams? Freaking sharks with freaking laser beams yeah. attached to their freaking heads. I got you. Yeah. I, I think, think that's, that's, that's what we got to do. And you just have them swimming around, <clears throat> you know, just drumming up all of this geothermal energy into the oceans, which would turn the oceans you into see? this vaporless, waterless water. You see, these are the kind of fresh ideas that you can't cut off by throwing government funding in today's current ideas. You exactly. Know, what if we wouldn't have had that right there, that in, that little innovation right there? That this is why you created. can't stifle free speech. Mm -hmm. You should be allowed to talk about these things because what if some genius engineer was listening to us right now and they took that idea and ran with it way way better than I could mm -hmm. because this is just an idea. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to implement that. Well, he can watch Austin Powers and try to see yeah. some more stuff. Yeah. But I'm not smart enough to pull something like that off. Happy you know? Stone Cold Day, everyone, by the way, from the live group. 
It is, yeah. 316. Stone Steve Cold Austin is not even here to enjoy it. I did see that he posted it earlier um, in <clears throat> maybe in the meme channel or something. So, you know, you could celebrate Jesus, John 316, or celebrate Stone Cold Steve Austin and crack open a beer and chug it yep. and beat it across your chest. All right, last one here from Reason. This is really good. This happened in Tennessee, by the way, too. And this just goes to show you how many ridiculous laws and regulations are on the books in all these states. This one's more ridiculous than you might even think it is. It's gonna. is. I'm excited for it. Oh, it's yeah. It's crazy. So from Reason, uh, hair braiders might kill an Idaho licensing law that state officials admit makes no sense. So they've been practicing African-style hair braiding for a combined 60 years. Now these three women are suing for the right to make a living using their skills. Idaho's costly and time-consuming licensing process has kept them from practicing their trade. With the help of the Institute for Justice, a libertarian public interest law firm, law firm they're suing the Idaho Barber and Cosmetology Services Licensing Board for the right to make a living out of braiding hair. Uh, this happened actually in Tennessee, too. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Quote, I have a mortgage and three little kids that I need to take care of and have to feed, said Ekaman a press at a press conference last week. Uh, this is what I have to do to feed my kids. I really need this. Braiders must undergo 1,600 hours of training at a cosmetology school before completing a written and practical exam. Idaho does not require cosmetology schools to teach students African-style braiding techniques, and only two out of the 110 questions on the written exam test students on braiding. The practical exam does not cover braiding at all. So that's the ridiculous part right there. They're required to get this cosmetology license or whatever. It doesn't even cover yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And this all happens because of lobbying and competition. Mm -hmm. So you have the hair schools come in and force you to take so many hours and all this stuff because they get more money the more hours you spend and all that. I mean, cosmetology school went from what? A, you know, a license that you could get for like maybe five or 10,000 bucks to now it's like $50,000 to go to school to do hair. It's absolutely insane. And then, of course, all of your uh, hairstylists and stuff, they, they want you to have a license because they, they don't want to compete with you unless you've spent the same amount of money they have. Mm -hmm. And so this is how all this happens. Well, you had to do it, so other people should be forced mm. to do it too. It only, it only makes it fair, right? White pill. White pill, everyone. The, the, oh, yeah, this is, oh, well, they're getting yeah. rid of it, mm -hmm. hopefully. Idaho requires licenses for 67 of the 102 lower-income occupations surveyed. State Rep Colin Nash, a Democrat from Boise, introduced a bill that would lift licensing requirements for hair braiders. Nash said that the state thought this had been fixed last year, but the Board of Cosmetology got slapped with a federal lawsuit. With uh, a federal lawsuit? Mm. Quote, hopefully save the taxpayer, the legislation would hopefully save the taxpayer some money and get out of the way of private business owners who would like to engage in the practice of hair braiding. The bill received <laughs> unanimous support in the Idaho House and will now move to the Senate. So, Just, good on you, Idaho. How did we get all the way to the point where this is a white pill? You know, where this had to be something that needed, you know, that needed to be done. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, but it is good that those things are happening. It is great. Yeah. I just want people to... Well, well people ask, like, okay, what can we do? Yeah, of we're, course. We're going to hell in braided baskets. <laughs> licensed license, braided, yeah. braided baskets. Uh -huh. 
and we want to make sure that those baskets are unlicensed. Yes, that <laughs> fixes the problem. No, but everybody's, you know, we have this pessimistic attitude. I tend to have it too when it comes to liberty because you're like, God, every time I look like we're just losing our freedoms and the whole COVID thing happened and it just more and more of our freedoms are going away. And then you look around the country and you'll find these little golden nuggets mm-hmm. where people are fighting for regular everyday folks to be able to, to be free to go make money without having to spend thousands of tens of thousands of dollars on a license that doesn't even cover the trade that you do. That's ridiculous. So, the, my point was that we have to make sure we pay attention because the, the, the government, it, it ratchets, it ratchets up. It's, it's uh, just say tyranny. It's controls just one little one little click at a time on the ratchets. Mm-hmm. Very, very unlikely that it ever lets go of that. And these things only happen one little bit at a time. So what I was asking was, how do we get to the point where this is even something that we had to worry about? Because it's not like the founders and writing the Constitution, like, oh, we got to make sure that it's because we're so the, close to hell. Got to make sure the governments require licensing for people to braid other people's hair. Mm-hmm. Like somehow we made it all the way to that point where you had to get a license from this the government white to be pill, able to Nate. do it. The white pill is that they're getting rid of it. I know, but you're still trying to black pill this whole episode no, right now. No, what I'm trying to point out right here is that we have to pay attention. Every time they take this one little thing, you have to imagine what the little thing is that's going to be after that. Look, because Nate, what you're saying is... No, look, I know it doesn't feel like it, <laughs> but we're making progress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yep. what this is about. This is progress. That's that's the, true. In the liberty direction, I'll quit with my <laughs> black pilling that I'm doing right now. <laughs> I just want everyone to remember that you <laughs> that you gotta keep that principle in mind. Because what I what I was saying is, when they do this, what they're saying is, we can take one little bit, one little bit at a time, and that's the principle. We can take one little bit, and then they keep doing that, and they keep taking one little bit all the time. You know, so you get there one one step at a time. However, Jordan Peterson said that thing when he was on Joe Rogan. It was a really good quote. But they, you get there by moving just just one step at a time, and eventually you realize how far you've come. So my my question just was, how do we get all the way to this point without people freaking out during this process? We got to pay attention to these little stuff, and it's great that it's being done at the state level. That's way easier. You got a Democrat introducing a bill that they say will get out of the way of private business owners who want to engage in the practice of hair braiding. And it was passed unanimously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last good stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you what. All right, y'all, that's your white pill Wednesday for uh, some uplifting news. Of course, Nate tried to throw in black pills, but we uh, we struck those down because light will always pierce the darkness, folks. It's, so if you want to uh, make a donation... Unless you're in a black hole, by the way. We could be in a black hole right now. There's no light inside the singularity. It's not possible. But we don't know what's on the other side of the black hole. Mm, I got you. There could be something there. Okay, well, hey, let's try it. Yeah, probably (laughs) geothermal energy. That's what it is. Yeah. I didn't see the Kathy Hochul story. What was the Kathy Hochul story? I missed that one. What we get before we get off of here? I have no idea. Haven't seen it since I uh, checked the news. Is there a good thing? I don't want to miss a good thing. Let me see. You see, folks, this is what you get for being a part of the live group. You can stop the show right here, right now. I don't know what the story is, though. So if no one tells me the story right now. Oh, she got booed at the Rangers game. Okay, well, 
inside, I'm happy about that. You know, <laughs> I'm happy about that. Yeah. You know, that's good. So it's because she's a woman, though. So that's not probably good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. not because she's a Democrat or has mm -hmm. terrible policies. So, yeah, I that's love hockey, though. Definitely because she's a woman. So we're really just trying to white pill mm -hmm. um, misogyny and sexism. So. All right, y'all get your donations in for this uplifting message that we brought to you today. Donations, man. We're providing a service. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, donate, spend your hard-earned dollars, and be part of the live group. Go to joingml.com. Joingml.com. It'll take you directly to our Discord server where you can sign up and be a monthly donor, or you can sign up for a lifetime membership and be a real libertarian if you want to. And send us... Um, oh, yeah. We need to create a swear jar channel, probably, as where you can upload your that could be lucrative your dollars for yeah. all the swearing that mm -hmm. goes on behind the scenes that uh but anyway go sign up join gml.com and be part of that today is the last day by the way to fill out your bracket so tomorrow at like 11 a.m something 11 like that. 15 central time there will be no more accepted submissions and you have to be part of our live group if you want to participate in that it's a it's a 100 amazon gift card giveaway to the winner we may have to figure out tie breaks or something um but usually you got to put a point a point total in there for yeah so whoever's closest yeah. at the whatever so anyway there will be a clear winner so it's a 100 dollars amazon gift card mom you can go sign up uh, just look you're already part of the live group so just go look at the channel it's mm -hmm. called the ncaa bracket challenge uh men's team so not, yep. that, not that we're sexist or anything. Well, I just think that's what's going to be on TV the most. I'm going to do an $83 gift card for the women's bracket whenever that happens. Oh, we are? Yeah. It's happening at the same time, I think. They they play similar oh. similar times. Whoops. I guess there's no time then. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, go sign up. Join GML.com. Share the show with a friend, a colleague, the enemy, the Russians, Ukrainians, and the children. Share it with all the folks all around. Leave us a rating and review, and make sure you follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We appreciate every single one of you. And uh, I hope you all have a good day. And if you do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty.